Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Yeah, I like that picture I had in worship. This sort of, you're at the table now. <laughs> you can take the handkerchief out and you can shake it out and you can put it on your lap or you can put it in your shirt, however you prefer. And now it's time to dig in. Amen. So, uh, you know, it's like Christmas when um, you have all this build up to the meal. Amen. If you're in ministry, you don't have such a big build up to the meal. You just do something late afternoon after you're tired <laughs> at afternoon nap after the service in the morning. But you know what I mean? Like there's this build up and then there's that moment where like, okay, now, no chanos yet. Okay, and that's really where we are now in the service. Like, that's where we, we've been heading, we've been building up to this. And I was listening to something in the week, it really struck me in a way. The guy said, um, how someone rests actually tells you a lot about them. I don't know if you ever thought of it like that. Like, how you rest can tell me a lot about you. So some people just, uh, I remember working at uh, a certain company, which will remain unnamed um, because of what I'm going to share next, but... Um, on Friday afternoons at 5, they rested, amen, and they arrested two double brandies or two double rums before you knew it, because there was open drinks. And that's how some people rest. Some people rest by indulging in substance, in alcohol. Uh, some people rest by like, escaping from reality, series, Netflix, Instagram. Um, I mean, sometimes we all like to hide a little bit, but that's not really refreshing, is it? You know that you, the last time that you watched the all-day <laughs> a TV session, like, how do you feel around four in the afternoon? You feel like you want to get out. You, you want to be active. You want to move. If you've never done it, don't do it. It's not worth it. Amen? Um, but really, how we rest is so key because how we rest means um, or speaks to how we would then operate. And uh, I think, Melissa, you shared it a while ago, and I made a note of it. Like, often when you go running, in the moment of rest is when you really drink water, or Powerade, or what is it, Prime, or Monster, or don't drink those stuff, okay? <laughs> there's, uh, there's no high like the most high. You don't need anything else. So I remember, like, um, one of the things that, that, that I've done in life, which was a bit crazy, was I did uh, whitewater rafting on the Zambia Sea. I didn't plan to do it. My friends planned to do it, and I, was, I went along for the ride. So what you basically do is you go down these steps, and you, you get in where the Vic Falls come down, basically. Not in the spray, but just downstream. And then depending on the time of year, it, uh, the, the grades of the rapids are different. And I think if it's lower water, it's more dangerous even because you're closer to the rocks, actually. Um, I think two weeks after I did it, some lady was airlifted with, an, uh, with a helicopter because she... Uh, she had a very serious uh, head injury. So that's not why I did it, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the situation. So what you do is you go through these rapids, and, um, and then you stop and you have a meal. And it's beautiful. You're in the wild, and you have this meal, and they bry, and they prepare. They go ahead of you. And as you arrive, you have this meal. And then you, you're done for the day, and you're tired, but you're still down in the Zambezi. So you need to get up all the way to where the bus is waiting for you. So now that's not the fun part, is it? <laughs> You've had your fun, and now you need to go up there. 
And I remember now you need to carry your, your Ruispan, and uh, you need to carry it up all the way. And it's like sort of after the fact. And, and I was thinking, this is really not how I want to remember this day, because it was an amazing day. I mean, we saw some people went next to us, and they, they, I was on a rubber duck. They went on a boogie board. Okay, so that's the extreme people. Really, like you would go in the ocean, like a boogie board. I was like, there's crocodiles in here. <laughs> there's hippos. But as you climb, and now you get warmer and warmer and hotter and hotter, and you get thirsty. And you, the, all the joys of the cool water is starting to dissipate. <laughs> and you, you, you're starting to enjoy this outing less. And it's like, how can they even charge you money to do this? But you know what? As you arrive at the top, they've got cooler boxes with ice, 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 cold, cool drinks. And I remember that was the quickest I've ever drank a Coke. And it's the nicest Coke I've ever had. Because why? It refreshes like nothing on earth. Like, and that moment, that is like, you don't worry about the sugar content, the caffeine content, you just, you just drink. And I think often in church, we, we're so worried about like, well, is that now right? Or is that verse right? Or is this verse right? And Rob Rufus said something one day that touched me. He said, while you are there, just drink. Like, just gulp it down. And then go meditate about it, obviously. Don't just take everything word for word, but don't be so critical that you don't receive what God has for you. I mean, I don't drink Coke every day um, for health reasons or for good reasons, but that day I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to gulp it down. I mean, that was, that was the moment. Um, but that's what we have in God is we have this rest. Now, how do you rest? So if we say that how we rest says a lot about us, what does it say about you? Now, there's obviously, like I said, there's alcohol, excessive abuse. Um, there's people who always need to go overseas or on holidays or to islands. Um, some need to go to Ireland as well. That's different. <laughs> um, but how do you rest? Do you rest and how do you recharge? Now, you can spend time with God and your family, and that can be a good rest. You can, you can spend time in the Word. You know, sometimes I'm so tired that I don't sleep. I read the Word. Is it only I? Because you know that sleep is not going to help you enough. You need substance. You need the word. Like it's more important than sleep sometimes. Because we need to be overflowing. So rest obviously is more than just sleep. So we're wanting to talk a little bit about your resting place. And um, that's the picture I got yesterday. And I was so, so thinking about, we've, we've spoken about rest many times. And only this yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, I realized it's school holidays. What a fitting message. <laughs> that was after the message was finalized. Amen? So I don't take any credit for that, by the way. Revelation 21.6 says, Then he said to me, It has been accomplished, for I am the Aleph and the Taf, the beginning and the end. I will give water to all who are thirsty. As my gracious gift, they will continuously drink from the fountain of living water. They will continuously drink from the fountain of living water. I'm asking you this morning, are you continuously drinking from the fountain of living water? And then I want to ask you with that, are you tired? Now, if we're continuously drinking from the fountain of living water, then we cannot really have a spiritual tiredness. Because we'll never go thirsty. Jesus said to the woman at the well, I'll give you water and you will never thirst again. 
So I remember going to church and ministry and different things, and I was at, uh, what was it called, Tix Missions, and um, I was doing a lot of things, but never finding the rest. Never finding the answer. Never finding what I was looking for. Because it's only when we really drink from that fountain and the water of life that we drink and find quenching for our thirst. And I mean, Jesus goes to the woman at the well, and it's the well of Jacob, and she said, yeah, but we worship here as Samaritans, and you say we must worship on the mountain or in Jerusalem or some other thing. What does Jesus say? There's a time coming, yes, that time is now, where we worship in spirit and truth. And she said to him, yeah, well, you can't even draw from this well because you don't have a bucket. And Jesus says, I'm not here to drink from that well. Amen. What's interesting, though, is Jesus was weary, the word says. So even Jesus grew tired, and what did he do when he grew tired? He went to the well. Amen? But it's not the well of Jacob. He went there in the body, in the flesh, but he went into ministry. So Isaiah 12 says, you will draw from the wells of salvation that is on the inside of us. So that's really what Jesus went and did. He said he drew from the well. And if you think about it, or you remember, the disciples came back with food because Jesus was hungry and he didn't eat the food. Because he said, I have meat that you do not know of, which is to do the will of my Father. Now, if you think about Jesus saying, man will not live of bread alone, but of every, every word. So, there's something in there. Anyone with me? There's something in there that if we're not getting the fullness in the spiritual sense, then we're missing out. Now, this is not salvation stuff. I mean, this is more... Living stuff, like everyday stuff. 1 Corinthians 14.33 For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches and the saints, or of the saints. So confusion there is the word, really, disorder. God is not the God of disorder. God is not of disorder. God is order. In even Titus, he says, do you make sure everything is done orderly. Okay? Um, now, I think what we've done... And we, I say, humanity is, we've over-ordered, over-structured, over-engineered the flow of the Holy Spirit. Because we are so afraid that we're going to offend someone. We are so afraid that someone new will come into church and not feel comfortable. You know, the best thing that happened for me was, I think, two, three years ago, I realized church is for believers. We're not seeker-friendly. We are friendly seekers when we leave. We go seek who we can find. Jesus left to go and save. To seek and to save. He left heaven to seek and to save. So we leave church to go on mission. We leave church to go seek and save. What? That which is lost. Jesus had one instruction. He said, go into all the world. Did he say, invite all the world to church? No. He spoke to the church, the disciples at that stage, and he said, you go into all the world. Now, what a great day it will be when all the world goes to church on a Sunday morning. Or a Sunday evening, if that's your preference. Or some on a Saturday. It doesn't really matter. If it matters to you, we need some working to do. Amen? I've got some scriptures to help you. But that's not the point. The point is, like, we are here to be equipped. We are here to be refreshed. We are here to draw from the well to fill our new wineskins, if you will. So that, why is it in the wineskin? Why is the, 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 the parable of a wineskin there? Because a wineskin is a bottle. 
This was one of the most brilliant business things anyone ever said to me. He said, I said, how can you pay, I think this is five rand, if you know, one, if you know where to buy, okay? He said, you're not selling water. What are you selling? You're selling convenience. Because there's water in the tap, but I don't want to walk there because then you're all going to have to wait for me. So there's convenience in me opening the bottle right here. I don't see a tap to you. There's no plumbing. But there's water. So when you are filled with the new wine, which is the Spirit, and you need a new wine skin to carry that because you need to be a new creation, otherwise the old, the, 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 the old man cannot contain the new Spirit. Amen? The old man cannot contain the covenant of life. It's a fountain. It's bursting forth. It is, it's that gistog, that borrel, and it is levendig. But why is it in a wineskin? Why is it not in a vat? There was wine in vats. The first miracle at the wedding. But Jesus says, I want to fill my wineskins. Why? So you can carry the wine out. So you can go out. When the, the Good Samaritan comes to the person, what does he have with him? He's got a drink. In a skin. There's an offering, there's a sacrifice, there's all the things around that. I'm not getting into that. I want to just focus on refreshing. And we are might be, maybe you say, I'm fine. Okay, well done. Is everyone that you know fine? Is everyone that you encounter fine? Is everyone refreshed? Do they know the Spirit? Are they, are they stirred up? Are they ready? Are they ministering? Are they bearing fruit? Because we are called to influence. So, let me not go there. The word peace. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. The word peace there can also be translated prosperity. Okay? Now just hold your horses. It's the Greek word Irene. Okay? It's not shalom because New Testament is Greek. It's the word Irene. But it's by implication, speaking of prosperity in terms of peace, quietness, and rest. I just love that. I know a lot of people with a lot of things and a lot of money and a lot of worries because of those things. Amen? The more you have, the more you have to insure. Who's tired of admin? I'm so tired of admin. I mean, tax season is only coming up now and I'm already tired. I just see all these emails coming in. This is your tax certificate. This is your RP5. I'm like, ah, oh, it's that time of the year again. Because it doesn't add any value to me, but I know it's important and we need to do it and pay our taxes, so that's fine. I'm just saying, like, there is a peace that brings a prosperity of quietness and rest. Thayer's there says, it is a state of national tranquility. So God is not of confusion. God wants to manifest a state of national tranquility. Okay, but that's not going to happen in our nation. It will only happen in our new creation. Because it says there where? As in all the churches so you can have a good time with God alone in the room but you cannot become as wet as when you're among the gathering of believers in the church of the saints I know it's early to be here on a Friday, Sunday morning ask the dream team some of them were here quarter, to seven, quarter past seven but it's worth it I remember Thursday night life group Wow. 
you tired on a Thursday? Who's tired on a Thursday? I'm tired on a Thursday. <laughs> I'm tired on a Friday. You must see me now. I'm blood. I used to go out and do things. Now I'm just like, I'll recover for Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, no, no, I need some more recovery for Sunday. And then the week starts. What happens is that you are tired in the flesh. You're tired of, of, and you're weary. But as soon as you enter into that fellowship, that communion, there's word, there's fellowship, it's, it's maybe the food, maybe that as well, but it's the word. And there's fellowship and there's encouragement and there's prayer. And you know what often happens? You don't go home when you plan to go home. We once had a life group where, um, this was so funny, the people put jackets in their cars, Okay. Because it became so that we would go and have our life group, and then we would say, okay, we want to respect people's time, so we're done. And then as we went out to the car, these people would walk to their car, open the door, put their jacket on, and come stand. They, they arrive tired. They said that they are tired from a hard week, a hard day, whatever, but we couldn't get rid of them. They came prepared. <laughs> they put the jacket. They didn't need the jacket in the home because Bernard and Wendy taught us on hospitality, so our home wasn't cold. Um, it was it was cozy, like uh, Jordan says, tozy. I will tozy this. If I say Tom Bashi, I will tozy this. Very cute. Not at two in the morning, anyways. But let's move on. Um, <laughs> so I've been praying a lot in the spirit at those times. Maybe that's why this message is uh, is applicable. Revelation twenty one. He said to me. It has been accomplished, verse 6. For I am the Aleph, the Taf, the beginning and the end. As my gracious gift, they will continuously drink from the fountain of living water. So we need to rest and drink often. Amen? Especially when we run a lot. I remember um, speaking to someone who was a professional um, marathon athlete. And uh, I spoke to her coach or manager. And he said to me, there was a big problem. I said, what was the problem? He said, the water points were not where they would have been or where they said they're going to be. I'm like, but there wasn't, was there water on the road? He said, yes, no, there was, there was enough, but they weren't exactly where they said. And they planned this whole race, like literally how much are you going to drink at which stage? So the water points not being where they're supposed to was a big issue for this professional athlete. I'm like, wow, that's next level. Now I'm asking you in the spiritual sense, where are you drinking? Where are your water points in the week? Where are you making sure that you're filling up and that you're drinking and that you're touching the fountain, that you're drawing from the well of salvation and that you're spending time with God? Because if you want to be professional, I mean excellent, we want to be effective ministers, then we need to... Didn't Paul say, I want to win the race? So how can you win the race if you get dehydrated? See, so this is not a salvation message. This is working out your salvation. This is almost staying saved, amen, <laughs> in your mind. I believe once saved, always saved. Otherwise, I don't know how you get unborn. Like, even Uncle Charles didn't get unborn. He just passed on to eternity. Okay, so we can't get unborn in the spirit. We are born in the spirit, but now we need to be effective. And one way to be effective is to continuously drink from the well of salvation. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, Listen, are you thirsty for more? Come to the refreshing waters and drink. Even if you have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come and buy all the wine and milk you desire. It won't cost a thing. Why spend your hard-earned money on something that can't nourish you or work so hard for something that can't satisfy? So listen carefully to me and you'll enjoy a sumptuous feast, delighted, um, delighting in the finest of 
food. I mean, you can go to Mauritius and come back tired. You can go five-star and come back anxious. Or you can go to your back room and you can come out refreshed. That's the beauty of, of the Holy Spirit. God's not a respecter of persons. Isaiah 12, 3, we've referenced this. Therefore, with joy, say with joy. With joy. Charis includes joy. Grace is more than the forgiveness of sins. Grace is joy. Amen? It is the gospel of grace, the gospel of joy that brings salvation. It's the gospel of joy that brings people unto salvation. It is the gospel of joy and grace, which includes forgiveness, yes, that is the power of God. Shane likes to say, you don't need to look like you're baptized in lemon juice. Because Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Amen? You know what that is? Where can we find the oil of gladness? Now you're too, now you're too careful to answer. I know. I put you up on a difficult one there. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the only oil Jesus had. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. It's the oil of gladness. Amen? Why do you think David danced himself out of his clothes? What did I say earlier? Like, we've so orderly made things. When is the last time you saw someone dance out of their clothes in church? Please do not do it next week. <laughs> I'm not prophesying. <laughs> I'm challenging your thoughts. And he was still wearing something, okay? He, was, he wasn't a streaker. <laughs> One layer. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, come on, it's a river. Amen? There's a flow. There's an order in the flow of a river. But sometimes it gushes forth and sometimes it's a trickle. But it's always flowing. And it's not these man-made channels that we want to... If you go to Babylon Stewarden or one of those places where you, 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 you want to control the flow and you want to geleid water and okay, I'll die hoekie is a bit, I'm going to hier staan, want Peter and, and hulle, hulle is nou nog, hulle was rekkie nie hier gewees nie, so the anointing must come close and, and, and they got married in their honeymoon, <laughs> leave them, <laughs> It's a river, it's not a moeras, amen, that's the other side, because it can get messy and that's not it, God is the, not of this order, but of order, but it's natural. Do you know what I've realized now? This links in beautifully. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Who has ever seen a perfectly symmetrical tree? Just look at how we, we, we packed you guys. One block, three seats, three seats. Our mindset wants to... Maybe like there was a prophecy on Friday night that we should accommodate more than engineers in Salambosh. <laughs> so I'm open to the idea. <laughs> But you can see, if I draw something, it needs to be either in the thirds or the middle. Like, if we design, that's how we design. Look at the tree. It is so imperfect, yet it is perfectly alive and bearing much fruit. Why are we expecting of ourselves something different than what God is expecting of us? God is not expecting precision. We know fruit... And we only know fruit the way that we know fruit because every fruit that doesn't look like that that grows off the tree doesn't get to the shelf. There's a whole market of fruit that doesn't look good enough. 
Is the nourishment in a skew banana any different than in a one with a perfect curve? So why are we expecting perfect services? Perfect people, perfect Christians. And we're like, we are perfect in the sense of, the word perfect in the, in the New Testament means complete. It doesn't mean, like, symmetrical. It doesn't mean metalineal geteken. Okay? Now we struggle with this. Who struggles with this? I struggle with this. I did um, technical drawings in high school. And I mean, you got hit with a wooden plank if there was a skew line and you didn't use all the instruments at your disposal. Some engineers, you see, like... You know what I'm talking about. You know what's the worst day of my life? I walk into first year machine design and I have an open table, a pencil and an A3 white page. I have zero instruments. No linear, next. Like, And I was like, did I forget it? Did I miss the memo? Like, they said, no. In, on site or wherever you go, you're not going to have time. So you need to draw freehand. You know how difficult that was. Was it eitgeveer, jong? Yes, jou eitgeveer. Like you erase that the page becomes begins smoking almost. Eh? Like you take that top layer off. Like it becomes like dull. Because you just don't want to draw a skew line. And we very quickly realize that you, that's not how you pass the subject. You need to write and draw and get something. It's more about the idealization. It's about the communication. It's not about the linear perfection. I use that story to tell you that God is not expecting straight lines. If we had to be perfect to bear fruit, then God's creation is not a good example. But the last time I read Psalm 1, what did it say? Be like a tree. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Woo! I can be imperfect. Amen? I can be a little off on one day and a little tired on the next. And we'll have one great meeting and the next one is maybe not so great. Or one message we hit out the park the next Sunday. You feel like, why did you come? Is there fruit? Not is there perfection? God doesn't get glory if we walk in perfect straight lines. God gets glory if we bear abundant fruit. And it doesn't say abundant, perfectly shaped fruit. And some of you are not so perfectly shaped, by the way. <laughs> and some of your fruit is to my account. Amen? So I have to make peace with it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm the first person to realize that I cannot expect perfection because I'm not perfect. I'm not talking about the spirit in me. But again, that sense is complete. Not perfect. Praise God, we can be like trees. Now look at, at this. Psalm 1. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. That's important. Amen? The Passion says by God's design. Not why. Not our design. Because if we draw a tree, it needs to be upright. And it needs to be just one leaf here. And like you, you almost... Pay. Like anyone use one of these Canva or design programs? It always gives you the ratios because of our sense for the longing of perfection. It needs to be in the middle, not off-center. The upright trees are the ones who blow over. The ones who grow into the wind, or to bear the wind, are the ones who stay. 
you know, life is tough. Sometimes we need to lean into the wind to remain standing. Now, I played, um, I think I told the story, but I played soccer. <clears throat> I actually played rugby, and then I busted my shoulder. And I played soccer at varsity. Now, the, my advantage was that I knew how to take a hit. And some poor guy who did not bumped into this ex-number two rugby player playing centre-back, and there was a high ball coming, and I just braced for contact. I think I got the header, so it was fair, but he... And the crowd screamed, and I'm like, I did not bump him. I did not shoulder charge him. I did not stiff arm him. I just braced for impact. And he didn't, because he probably never played rugby. Shame, poor guy. (laughs) If that was the rugby field, they would have been, woo! But that was the soccer field, different game. (laughs) And you know what? Ephesians 6 says, if you've done all, stand. But you can see that there's an intentionality, because there's going to be some impact. There's going to be some resistance. It's not just stand and, and now bump you around and now you stand here. And that is being carried about by diverse doctrines. You're like a pot plant. Now you're there. Now you're there. Now we can pick you up. Now you look better there. Pot plants where some bear fruit, but come on. You want the real thing. You want to be planted. You want to grow your roots deep. So it means you cannot be moving around. Different doctrines, different things, different teaching. We need to be rooted and grounded. Where? By the river of the water of life. Then we will bear much fruit and we will have healing for the nations, Revelation 22 says. And it will bear fruit in every season. You're not a pot plant. You need to take something home. If your kids ask you, what did you learn today? I know you're going to ask them, what did they learn? Tell them, I'm not a pot plant Christian. I'm planted, amen, by the rivers of water. I'm planted. Revelation 22 verse 1 says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and from the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of ripe fruit according to each month of the year. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. You need to get this picture. It's one tree with a river flowing through it. It's one tree. There's not two trees on either side. It's one tree and the river I think there's a movie that says a river runs through it. That's what you need to get. And that is the rivers of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit spoke of. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Now we come to Revelation 22 and says, when you are planted, Psalm 1, by the river, then that river starts to flow. And guess what? The tree is nourished. Amen? Why? Because it's by the water. That's the one reason. The second reason is it's planted. It's not moving around. Amen? Some of you wonder why you're not seeing fruit. Stop moving around. Get into grace. Get into the gospel. Get into the doctrine. There was an awesome word on Sunday night where um, Lorenzo said, Make light your backpack. Holy clipper eight. Everything that is not of God. Everything that is not according to the simplicity of Christ. Hebrews um, 12 says, Lay aside every weight. You do it. I can't do it. 
I can challenge some of your thinking. I can challenge some of your beliefs and say, hey, is that a rock? Or is that seed? You you know what? Seed is not as heavy. So we we, we can't wear it with so much pride. Oh, I'm suffering for Jesus. All these rocks. I'm, I'm carrying so much. No, Jesus carried it all. Come on. He only said, carry seed. And where is that? God gives seed to the sower. Amen? So everything and anything that is not seed, get rid of it. Get the rocks out. Amen? There's one promise in the Word. It's the promise of Christ. God is not doing a new thing. He's done a new thing. What is the new thing? Christ. The Gospel. Forgiveness. The grace message. Amen? And now I'm trampling all over your toes right now. That's good. Amen? Because if you're not bearing fruit, then we need to change some things. There's a word of pruning. Pruning is lifting up. It's washing. But sometimes, God isn't the one who should prune. We are. How do you renew and take captive the thought? If I take a thought and I realize this is not according to the obedience of Christ, this is not according to the gospel, I don't want to maintain it. I don't want to wash it. I don't want to lift it up. I don't want to give it more sunshine. I want to cut it out. Amen? Because it can become a cancer. God is not going to cut out your thoughts. But you can. You lay aside every weight. You take what is not bearing fruit and you take it to God. Amen? And you see if it should stay. You see, this tree is continuously drinking. It's not going for a drink. That was such a revelation when I got it. We live this life and then we go to life group. And then we live this life a little more. And then we go to Manakea, and then we live a little bit on this side, and then it's Sunday. Oh no, it's ministry night, so this is a good week, okay? We're all full of the Word, amen? You need to continuously drink and drink and drink and drink. And yes, come to Manakea, come to Life Group, come to ministry night, but come full. Don't come to be a spectator. Come to be a participator. Amen? The same river that is flowing through Jesus is flowing through me and wants to flow through you. Do not frustrate grace. You know what frustrate there? The best picture that I have is when you have a river flowing and you're putting rocks in the river to create a puddle. Oh, comfortable Christianity. I want to just sit in grace. Splash, splash. Bikiri can't. I want to just, oh, grace. Caris. You're frustrating grace because grace has a purpose. And it's not the license to passivity, neither is it the license to sin. It is the license to be a world changer. It is a license to be a son of God. It is a license to go on mission. No, it is a license to live mission, be on mission, drink of the Spirit, operate in the supernatural. We're missing out. God is not going to do a new thing. Not on the 1st of January, not today. God has done a new thing. He's poured out His Spirit. Oh, there was an outpouring in Ashbury. Yes, there was, because the believers poured out the Spirit that was in them. The Holy Spirit didn't continue worship. Believers did. The Holy Spirit didn't pray until believers opened their mouths. There was an outpouring here on Friday night. Why? Because we put a date to it, we made an invitation, we opened the venue, and we started worshipping and praying. There was an outpouring. Why? Because we are pouring out what God has poured in. Do not frustrate grace. 
A lot of us are frustrated, I know. We're not seeing the healing. I'm frustrated every time I pray for someone and they don't get healed. I'm frustrated. Why? Because I'm spending time on the Word and I'm seeing there is healing. But I'm not blaming God for it. Why would I? He's God. (laughs) I'm not God. He's God. So if someone is missing it, I'm missing it. But I've got a helper. I've got a comforter. I've got someone who's going to lead me and guide me into all truth, meaning the true reality. We'll look at guys like Peter. He walks and his shadow is healing people. And then he himself says in his letters that the things that Paul wrote is difficult to understand. Do you know chances are, very good actually, that in this building right now, and maybe those online, we have a better understanding of the mystery revealed than Peter ever had on this side of heaven. You don't need another, another revelation. It's nice. I like revelations. We need to start operating with what we've got. Nadia, if you can put that picture up that I shared with you in worship. That's why we, we're serious about prayer. We had more than 30 people in our pre-service prayer meeting today. That was a record. Why? Because we're teaching on prayer, we're believing in prayer, we're seeing fruit. So I had that first picture that you saw about the island and the rest, and I wasn't really so happy, but the colors looked nice, so I felt, let's go with it. And then in, 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 in prayer, God showed me something, and He said, a lot of you are so close to your island of rest, but you're waiting for me to take you there. And the boat cannot land on the sand. You have to get out on the water. God has taken us all the way. Grace, mercy, everything. It's paid for. It's right there. You choose. You know, Peter knew something about it. Because why? He got out the boat. Not just once. The one we remember is the one where he walked on the water. You know, he got out the boat again. At the end of the book of John. He is still... Not restored in a sense. But he is so hasty because just maybe this is the master. Maybe this is Jesus. He's not going to wait for the boat to put in anchor and bring out the little boat and like take him there. He wants to get to where Jesus is. So he jumps out of the boat and he starts swimming. To what? To Jesus. I'm asking you this morning, are you still in the boat? Or have you left? Are you on your way? Are you in the water? And even if you can't swim, you can walk. I believe it's not that deep. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more natural it becomes because the water gets less deep. No. You only become more comfortable by living in the supernatural. I believe the more mature you are, the, more, the deeper the waters get. I had much less issues before I became a pastor. But you know what I realized? Things happen. Life happens. Whether I'm going to be part of it or not, it's going to happen. So I have the privilege to bring Jesus to a situation, whether good or bad, that is already happening or going to happen. 
If I don't say yes, that situation still happens. But if I say yes, then I have an opportunity to influence with the gospel and the kingdom and the spirit that situation. It doesn't always work out. Amen? I've been in situations where I've given a lot. Natasha and I drove around the country to pour into people. Just because someone doesn't respond doesn't mean it's not worth it. Amen? Bernard and Wendy will tell you countless stories. But you often find gold. You find the one who says yes. The one who turns their life around. The one who becomes a minister. The one who becomes a disciple. The one who starts bearing fruit. That's exactly what Jesus did. He was making fish on the, on the coals. Guys, we must go camping, eh? Just after winter. <laughs> and then we have to put fish on the coals. In, in, in Roosterkoeken. Amen. <laughs> Are you in the boat? Are you on the island? Are you somewhere in between? Ask yourself that. Where are you in terms of rest? Because once you get to the island, you've entered into rest. The word is so clear. It says that the rest is not the promised land. Because the, the King James actually gets confused there. You must check it out. Because it says that um, otherwise Jesus would not have said but the word Jesus is Yeshua. So it can be Jesus or it can be Joshua. And it's speaking to entering through the Jordan into the promised land. But then even Joshua said, this is not the true rest. Amen. Amen. We're entering into a, a, a new land, but it's not the true rest. But now Jesus comes, the true Joshua or Yeshua, and now he says, come into me and find your true rest. So that's really where it's at. But it takes faith. Because the word says clearly in Hebrews 4 that we must labor to enter into rest. So what is the lack of rest in Hebrews 4? It's unbelief. You know, it's close to month end. I realize it's the 25th already. It caught me off guard. <laughs> because I'm at rest. God's going to provide. God's got this. I've learned. There's some admin I need to do and invoices I need to pay and stuff, but I'm not, not at rest. That's why usually I was ready like the 23rd, like, where's the money? This morning I drove you, I'm like, when is it the 25th? And I looked at it like, what? Because I know the provider. There's a peace that comes with his provision. There's healing. Amen? Now, You know, they say, <laughs> they say worship teams often complain that they practice a lot of songs and they only get to play a few. If I look at my notes, I didn't even get to the way I said message. We're still in intro. Why? Because a rest is a real thing for God. Rest is an important thing for God. How we rest, how we refresh, how we operate. How did Jesus rest? He prayed. He had alone time on the mountain. And then he slept in the storm. Huh? So different. <laughs> when it was calm, he was praying. And the disciples were sleeping. When it was a storm, they were not praying in the sense that Jesus was. They were more crying. There's a prayer in crying, I know. But he was sleeping. 
You see, the problem is we often only start praying in the storm. People come to church in the storm. But we need to pray continuously. So that when the storm comes, our house is built on the rock. Now again, I can only invite you to this. And you can either go and apply it. Faith without works is dead. So you need to go apply the word. You need to mix it with faith. That's also in Hebrews 4, I believe. They did not mix what they heard with faith. Therefore, they did not enjoy the promise. So either you're going to start praying, and when the storm comes, you can sleep, or you're not, and when the storm comes, you're going to come around to us, which is also fine. Amen? That's what family is for. But there's a maturity that we're invited to where we become the, the ones who participate, not spectate. Where you come with your wineskin, not to be filled, but you come full. I remember the first Sunday that um, after Shane handed over the church to Natasha and I, I came to the pre-service meeting and I was ready to be stirred up. I was like standing there, okay, let's get ready. And it was quiet. And I looked around and I was like, Shane is not here, Etienne is not here. Oh yeah, it's me. <laughs> Everyone is waiting for me. So I realized I need to arrive full. I need to arrive full. If you go to life group, if you go to be full, that's fine. But if you go full, you're bringing something to the meal. You're not just taking a meal. If you come to church... Quarter past eight, we have a pre-service meeting. I remember attending a church in the States, and it was very interesting for me. None of the leaders were in the pre-service meeting, only the intercessors. How would the leaders, how would the worship team, how would everyone know what the Spirit wants to do today if they're not in the prayer meeting? So on Tuesday night at our leaders' meeting, I said to everyone, make an effort, be in the meeting. So it's no use. We pray up a storm and the worship team doesn't know what we're doing. Then there's a, there's a misalignment. And what, what does it cost us? It costs us to get up early. I don't know what time you went to bed last night, but I'm sure you could have taken that 15 minutes you cried about this morning and put it in last night, couldn't you? Or you can do it this afternoon. You see, the Spirit is willing. But the flesh often is the one that is in the way. So as a spiritual being, if you want your spirit to primarily take lead in your life, you need spiritual refreshment. It's not just sleep, it's not Mauritius. It's time in the Word, time in prayer, time in worship. It's filling yourself, stirring up the gift, fanning into flame. Why? Because you are perfect and complete. But your body doesn't always remember that. You need to draw from the well. It takes a bit of effort. Isaiah 12, you need to draw from that well. The well is inside you. You're a fountain, man. Other people want to come and drink. Like Rebecca, sometimes you're going you're to have to even draw for some camels. And you won't know what it's worth. It's hard work, isn't it? Camels apparently drink a lot. Gary is not here, but I'm sure he would be able to tell us how much camels can drink. That she, she drew water for the camels. 
she did not realize that she was entering into a marriage covenant. So God might have called you to do something that doesn't look all that fancy. But you don't know what he's planning. You don't know what he's busy with. You don't know where this is heading. You don't know what the leadership have planned, maybe. So are you willing to draw water for camels? If a donkey can speak, then I'm willing to give some camels water. Because just maybe they're going to carry a minister somewhere. Maybe they're going to bring covenant. They're going to bring restoration. They're going to bring something good. Amen. Love the verse. Show me how to take a real rest. Isn't that good? Let's stand together. If there's any of the leaders with the word, you can come forward so long. I want to just read while your eyes are closed. Psalm 46, verse 3 and 4 says, For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. Selah. The raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. Think about how Peter lived this out. God has constantly, a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God Most High into his holy dwelling places. If you were here last week, you would know that you are God's dwelling place. Together we are his dwelling places. And his river is flowing into us. We see it in Psalms. We see it in the epistles. We see it in Revelation. The tree and the river. The tree and the river, they go together. Asking you, how full are you? Amen? Have you drunk your full? Are you constantly drinking from this fountain? So where you are, just close your eyes. Let me just pray. Father, thank you that you show us more and more of your goodness, more and more of how we can operate in this, even if we are busy, in our busy lives, how we can drink from the well, how we can draw from the well, how we can continuously nourish on this water, but also how we can draw for others. Father, help us to mature to a place where we're not just there to look after our own needs, but of others. That we would become those with the trees who bear fruit every season, Father. That we would become the tree with leaves for healing for the nations, Father. That we would be able to step into that therapia, that healing work, Father, where we would get our hands dirty. We will touch people, move with people, dine with people, commune with people, share with people, Father. Because we have been so impacted. Thank you, Father, that whatever storm is raging right now in the saints, under the sound of my voice, Father, that we can speak a calm to it right now in Jesus' name. Financial um, storms, I speak a calm to you right now. Business storms, in the name of Jesus, be quiet right now. Family and relational storms, in the name of Jesus, be quiet right now. Peace, be still, like Jesus said. And thank you, Father, that you help us to walk it out in more fruitfulness. More fruitfulness in our lives in every area. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website 
www.gracelife.ca.